2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue
3: bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement. Due $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Whenever that happens, Bugatti Casino yes. has to be on that. We're week. calling him. Yeah. Yes. Make sure you write that in your little lime green book. <laughs> yes, would you please? Mike.
1: And put it in your bright red suitcase. <laughs> like, He's such a colorful
3: person. Yeah, he really October is. October 8th. Okay. Oh, excuse me, October 29th. Well, we'll make up your mind. Thing. Which one is it? It's the eighth week of the season on October wow, 29th. they don't
1: play each other week eight. And then week 13 again. Well, put it in your book, as Gio suggested, that we call Bugatti, all right? Okay. Check on our friend. You got it, beach. <laughs> oh I ain't stole no doubt. <laughs>
3: You know that Mikey B. said something to me yesterday that Uh was just jarring. Really was. Something I never thought that I'd hear Hmm. out of his mouth. He He loves me. He he looks at me and goes, you know, I like Brian in a weird way. (laughs) You weren't supposed to share that with me. Yeah, I was because maybe it'll make you hate him less. So I'm trying to help mediate. The situation. I hate
1: hate no one, and I tell these fools on the Twitter.
3: Well, hate
1: is such a strong word.
3: Whatever emotion that you have towards him that makes you act the way you do towards him, (laughs) I'm trying to alleviate some of that. Yeah, that
1: is so cool. You want want to hug it out? Oh yeah! Don't you bring your ass in here? Don't you
3: dare? It's a vibe. Do you feel the same way about him? Do you like him a little bit? You must be crazy. Oh come on! He he cracked yesterday, and he said it. Will you crack I'll crack some of his head? All right. Well, I tried. I'll take it. <laughs> I tried. I tried too. Yes, I've been trying for three years. By uh, by the way, Mike, the thing that you're experiencing called Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. So <laughs> if you don't know what that is, look well, it up. You look.
0: That's
3: the that's the reason why you like him in a weird way. Stockholm syndrome. That's my fault. Throwing a, <laughs> a cable spool down the hallway at it, right? Yeah, <laughs> what?
1: My? What? All right. <laughs> Do you want <laughs> was, was there that pregnant pause in that? There was. Which
3: made it amazing. That's what made that so fun. All right. That uh That
1: wasn't Pete mixing and scratching. That was actually The length of the the sentence. I just rolled it, yeah.
3: Yeah, wow. So so it's 7.15 a.m. Eastern time. Yeah! Which is just over 10 minutes from now. One of my favorites. James Franklin is going to join us. Mm -hmm. Penn State head football coach. You don't want to miss any of that, as he has come a long way from taking that job. And a long way from the start of last season, too, where people were rumbling about his ability to really take that program to the next level. and. I mean, he has, and and undoubtedly has, and he got a huge contract extension, and now he's rich. So, <laughs> not that he wasn't rich before, because he was making a decent amount of money. I mean, now he really doesn't have to worry about anything for a while, especially if this program continues to do what it's doing. So, we heard from Bogish in the update that Odell Beckham Jr. could miss the opener. Milk it. Milk it. Against the Dallas Cowboys, I collapsed for real. Yeah, was so painful, and
1: then I had to collapse again after I jogged on that same ankle. Had to collapse
3: there inside the tunnel under the stadium. Yeah. If cool. if he misses that game, then at that point I will apologize to Odell Beckham Jr. and his entire setup. But there's no way he's missing that game. I mean, the way he jogged off the field the other night, on Monday night against the Cleveland Browns, just showed me he was fine. You can't – how many days away is that game? Were we talking September 11th or 10th or something? September 10th. Yeah. So a guy who jogged the way he did on August 21st, if he's not ready by September 10th, I would be shocked. Mm -hmm. Now, I know that there's more to medicine and injuries than just that. But that's a long time. He doesn't have to play a game in between if he or the coaches don't want him to. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, if it's a high ankle sprain, tell us that uh, if you choose to. And, and okay, there's going to be a lengthy recovery, having sustained one of those. But Which just is like saying, a
3: broken leg, kind of. No, no, sprain?
1: there's a little membrane between... In your lower leg, between both bones, and uh, it's like a little sheet, a little membrane, and you get that thing inflamed, and it's just so difficult to treat because it's in such a tight space, and it just takes forever. And we tried shooting that bad boy up every damn thing, putting <laughs> rolls and rolls of tape on it, nothing Yep, You just have to let it run its course. Yeah, and it is some new medicine. Maybe that's some new medicine. I'm, I'm talking, you know, 19, what? 94,
3: 95. They may have some new stuff for those high ankle sprains. Yes, that's your heyday. Every time I see anything 90s, I think, where was Brian right now? Well, this was going on. You recommended The Defiant Ones, the HBO documentary that focuses on Jimmy Iovine and Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre. Mm -hmm. So, unlike you, when you gave me the recommendation, I watched it right away. So, I watched episode one, Monday night, episode two, last night. And... There was a party that they showed for only like 20 seconds Mm -hmm. when NWA was at their peak. Mm -hmm. It was a pool party somewhere Mm -hmm. in L.A., Mm -hmm. and it was just like everything that I imagined your life to be. (sighs) So, when, I mean, just butts and drinks and everything. There's butts at every pool party, no but matter this one just, who you are, right? You go to a just, pool party, you expect to see some butts? It, was, it was milk. milk! It was in your Yeah, it was just, it just felt right. So, as I'm watching it, I say to Gina, my wife, I said... I bet you Brian was at this party. (laughs) And and she goes, really, he was? I said, no, I'm just, never mind. Well,
1: (laughs) well, we went to many like that. The first pool party I went to as a freshman at UCLA, I remember, because the the rule was you go to a pool party. Everyone has to get in the pool at least once. Yeah. And Derek Tennell, our big old tight end, threw me in the pool just out of nowhere. Boom. Everyone goes in the pool. So (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> well, <like> yeah! <laughs> no, it's just funny. No, go ahead. And, you know, guys, girls didn't matter. So, yeah, it was similar to that. <laughs> similar
3: to that part. Yeah, of course yeah, it was. In, in a lot of ways. Yeah. It's amazing. How everything goes back to this show. Like, I'm watching this documentary, and of course, Ice Cube's a big part of it because yep. of NWA right. and then he left. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about Pete texted Ice Cube <laughs> to ask him if he lived in Minnesota. <laughs> like, <laughs> Ice Cube, the guy who wrote the song, Blank the Police. Yep. He's getting texts from Pete hmm. in 2017. That's why he said no. He probably thought it was the police. <laughs> yes. hey. No, I never lived there. You have that drop hey, Ice Cube. It's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching that. I'm thinking of Pete. I'm watching the pool party. I'm, I'm thinking of you. It is a tremendous documentary. Oh, though. it's excellent. If anybody, everybody's got it. And, uh, and you still have two episodes to go. I do, yep. yeah. I'm really curious in the discovery of Eminem. That's the one I'm really into.
1: Yeah, and I have a connection to uh, Dr. Dre's wife. Do you? Yeah. Mutual friends.
3: Get out of here. Yeah. You ever hang out in the same place? Yeah. In a pool? No. Okay. No, no, no. All right, just just making sure.
1: No, Nicole from way back. Wow. Way, way back.
3: Pretty good. Um, Eric Winston, who has been a a player rep for a, a long time now. I believe it's been... At least a few years, an outspoken guy, uh, offensive lineman, said that he doesn't care if the NFL dies out in 20 years because of a work stoppage. And I know that's a juicy headline and a juicy quote, but um, I really think that you know that's coming from the fact that they need to, the players need to make sure that the same things aren't happening. Right. And if it means that the you know the game is going to remain the same. Then they're willing to do whatever it takes. So yeah, it looks they're, they're crazy to, on paper, yeah. but it—that's the mentality you have to have if you want to get something done. They're going in, uh, fighting hard, and, and
1: putting all this rhetoric, rhetoric out there uh, ahead of all the negotiations that are going to have to take place. And they're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're right now saying we will we'll throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, we, we've got to fight harder. We—we we have to come out of this negotiation in a much better shape than we were. Uh, after the, the last CBA, and so uh, they fired the the opening salvo, and 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 so th- this, it's going to be an arduous uh, road. And I, I like what I'm hearing from these guys. And, and Eric is right. Hey, I won't be in the league uh, in, in the 20 years down the road, or and, and a lot of these guys in the locker room. Well, none of them will be in the league. So. They care, couldn't care less about what's going to happen. We're talking about right now while we're doing this thing. Yeah, I always take a mic and be there anytime <laughs> I say I couldn't care less. Well, you got it they right. Me. You nailed it. Uh, so uh, I, I, I like, once again, uh, what, what, what Winston's saying, what DeMarie Smith is saying, and they have to come out firing. And, and so you, it was a league last time that was saying all the crazy stuff, and, 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 of course, they were throwing it out to just have a position to negotiate with, and now it's the, the player side. Penn State head
3: football coach James Franklin joins us live next. Ice Cube, it's Pete. Follow us on Twitter at Geo and Jones. James Franklin, James, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Awesome, guys. Good morning. How are you? We're great, doing great. Coach. And congratulations on the contract extension. That has mm-hmm. to be yeah, a lot of emotions have to be going through you. What are some of those emotions after you sign that extension?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing for me is it's the security to continue to you know build this thing. It it helps our our coaches know that they have stability. It helps it helps our players and recruiting. Um, I, I think that's the biggest thing you know for us is just the ability to continue to build you know what we got going here. We got a pretty good thing going right now, so we want to want to keep uh, keep all the momentum in the right direction.
1: As far as building it, what are some of the glaring concerns uh, as you build this? 2017 team.
2: Well, I, I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't necessarily say it's glaring. I think you know we just we just got to continue to make progress, and I, and I think we've done that. You know, obviously, you know, with the defensive ends that we lost last year, we're mm-hmm. going to have to replace their production. I don't know if we're going to get it from one or two guys. I do feel like at almost every position, including defensive end, from top to bottom, we're just in a stronger position right now. Um, so that's, that's probably the thing coming into camp. We knew we were going to have to address that. Most of the other positions, you know, we feel, we feel really good about. And, um, you know, I think we're, the, for the first time since I've been here, you know, we have a three d with a starter that we think we can win in the Big Ten with, with a guy behind him that we feel like, um, also has the ability to play in the Big Ten and win in the Big Ten with experience, and then a young, exciting, Number three, you know, at every position. So, you know, practices have been really fun to go to. I mean, you know, we're able to practice for two and a half hours at a at a really high competitive level. So it's been it's been exciting.
1: That's just too long to practice, Coach. I mean, two and a half hours. Come on, can we can we just stop at Hour and forty five. Is that okay? You you, you can. <laughs> but uh, we got a lot of work to do. <laughs> hey, give me the name of some of those those uh, defensive ends are going to have to step up for you this year.
2: Well, I think, you know, Torrance Brown, you know, is going to be a guy for us who's, who's played a lot of football. You know, we're expecting big things out of him. Um, you know, he had the huge sack, you know, against Michigan that everybody remembers. It was a huge play. Um, you look at Ryan Buckholz, who's a you know Philadelphia suburb kid. Uh, we're expecting him to step up and do big things. Um, you know, we got a young defensive end out of Philadelphia named Shaka Tony, who's a really fast, explosive player that we're excited about him as well. Um, a guy who can really, really run out of IMATEP uh, charter there in Philadelphia. Sharif is a, our other starting defensive end um, across from Torrance, who's, uh, who's a George Washington kid in, in Philadelphia, and um, you know expecting huge things out of him. So there's a number of guys you know that, that we're really, really excited about and some other developing guys as well. But they're probably the the main guys with Torrance and uh, Sharif kind of leading the show at the two defensive ends as the starters.
3: G. and Jones with James Franklin across the country on CBS Sports Radio. Not to brag, but I knew you were going to have success because of something that you did very early on. I was working in Pittsburgh when you got the job, and you were in Pittsburgh recruiting, and you called our caller line of our morning show just on a whim, and you pretended to be a regular caller, James from State College, And what it did was announce your presence in the city, uh, show that your personality, and everybody was so impressed from the beginning. I said, you know, someone who's willing to do that uh, right off the bat and and sound so personable is going to have a lot of success. And and you did. How do you keep that same fire in you that you had when you took the program over uh, to now where you have to sustain the success that you've created?
2: Well, I, I think part of it is, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta stay true to who you are and be authentic. I mean, you know, I'm a positive guy. I'm an enthusiastic guy. I, I always have been. You know, I, I, I read a lot of books and study a lot of leadership. I, I haven't seen where negativity has, has, has helped anyone. Um, so that's just kind of who I am. I mean, all the way back, you know, to being a high school quarterback and, and, and captain of my high school team, I just, I've just kind of always had that in me. So, um, you know, and then obviously it helps to be back home and you know be uh, you know you know be you know be the head coach at, at Penn State, one of the most storied programs in, in college football history, with with a tremendous challenge in front of us. And um, you know, again, so far so good. But I think you know, there's just a lot of things falling into place right now. But I got a great staff, I got great players to work with. I'm in a really good place that uh, that I think has a very bright future.
1: Coach, what is what are one of those books that uh, that has helped you amass this positive attitude?
2: Well, what, what I do is every single year I buy a book that I give uh, you know the coaches to read on vacation. Now, whether they read it or not, I, I don't know. But my probably my all time favorite book is Legacy by James Kerr, which is a story about uh, the All Blacks. You know the uh, mm-hmm. the rugby team. And um, it's, it is tremendous. And I bought it for, for all the coaches. Then I bought it from the team, uh, you know, our leadership team. And then this year I bought a book for everybody, which is Ego is the Enemy. Um, and I, I, I can't remember the author, to be honest with you, of that right now. But every year I try to buy a book. I give it to the coaches to, to read on the beach during vacation or whatever it is. Some read it, some don't, but uh, you know, it's, it's something I believe in.
3: Do you give a crap about preseason polls? No. I mean, yeah, I mean,
2: everybody's no. excited. No. Everybody's excited. But, you know, I mean, you know, look at our preseason poll last year. I mean, obviously it didn't mean anything. And, you know, it's, I know it's great for the fans. I know it's great for the media and gives people something to talk about. But at the end of the day, all that matters is, is how you play each week and how you prepare and how you execute. You know, so that, you know, we focus on the things that we can control that that's not one of them. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I think we've done a pretty good job of is, hey, you know, let's not you know, it's not like I'm saying we've stuck our head in the sand and we're not aware of what's going on out there. You know, our guys have earned this. You know, they've earned you know, the fact that people are talking about them and saying good things. That's wonderful. But, you know, that, that was last year. And, uh, you know, we need to focus on you know, what we're going to do this year and how we're going to build it, not take one thing for granted and, you know, have an attention to detail. And, and then uh, you know, I, the the one thing you do take with you is the confidence from the experience that we had last year. So that's good. We just can't be overconfident.
1: Coach, uh, speaking of last year, you dealt with a lot of attrition. It seems like, especially that Pittsburgh game and definitely going to that Michigan game, you were pulling linebackers off the street. Uh is this a testament to the fact you were able to overcome that, get to a Big Ten championship game, ultimately win that Big Ten championship game? Testament to your strength and conditioning staff and that training staff.
2: Yeah, and and, and our kids. I mean, I mean, you're exactly right. I mean, literally, we're playing the Michigan game, and we had a fifth team Mike linebacker on the field who had never taken a rep um, with the varsity or in a game, um, you know, playing on the field and. You know, that was the situation. I remember being on the headset talking to the defense coordinator. He's like, well, do I put do I put the the 16-Mike linebacker on the field or do I put our starting will linebacker, who's never played Mike linebacker ever, at, at Mike? You know, so that was the discussion that we were going through. But, you know, that's why I'm so proud of this team last year is they just persevered. You know, there wasn't one thing that was going to – that was going to stop us or set us back and we were going to stay positive and kinda of grind through all these things and we just kept getting better. And that's probably the thing that I'm most proud of as a coach over my college career, my entire college, you know, career as a head coach, not just here at Penn State, is is if you look at us, that that's what we did. We got better each year as the season went on. Um and you know, and I think that's a very, very important trademark for any 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 real good football team. What do
3: you think your greatest asset in recruiting is?
2: Um, you know, I think the biggest thing is is just being able to relate to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. Um, you know, I'm comfortable being, you know, in the inner city in a in a in a you know, fairly tough environment that some people would be intimidated by and you know, I never have been. And then the next day I can be out in a very rural area in the middle of the country, um, you know, in that setting and be very comfortable. I can be in a in a home where the family has a lot of money. I can be in a home where a family doesn't have much money. Um, And I'm, and I'm really comfortable in all those different environments. And, and then, you know, I I think I'm somebody that can really kind of relate and, and empathize with a lot of different people's backgrounds. So, um, you know, I I think that's the biggest thing, connecting with people, um, you know, showing people how much we care. And, and I think the other thing is, is, you know, I, I, I would, some people describe me as a young coach but i you know i think i have an old school mentality you know i i believe you know there's a lot of debate about this but i truly believe in the student athlete model and what you know what coming to college and getting an education can do everybody talks about the nfl and, and i get it that should be a goal of the guys we're recruiting but this is so much bigger than that so um you know i i just i'm i'm a true believer
1: well, I, I believe in it as well as long as they allow them to control their likeness. But uh, I like what you said about being able to go from – into different environments and connecting with people. Gee, it's like, you know, me and Dr. Edwards in Bugatti Casino. Yeah, right. Yeah, you know, you got to be able, of man, yes, the Duality of man. Yes, the duality of man, as I like to say. Coach, there's a new sideline rule. If coaches come off the sideline, they're onto the playing field and they're barking at officials. Uh, there's not going to be a warning. They're going to throw an unsportsmanlike – flag on you do you think that will be applied hmm, objectively
2: yeah i think so i don't think you're going to see it a whole lot it, that you know that i would say probably happens a small percentage of the time anyway because really what they're talking about is not coaches coming out like you know yelling and stuff like that it's 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 the times where the coach comes out in the field and questions the official and tries to make the official look bad um that 's what they 're trying to get rid of, and that doesn 't happen very often it has happens probably i would say maybe you know probably less than five percent of the time and um i i don 't think you 're going to see it much i think I think this is going to you know have an effect I think coaches are going to stay on the sideline and they 're still going to be emotional, but we just you know you don 't want to put the officials in a position where you 're you know making them look bad they've got a tough job to do as it is
3: yeah back to back seven and six seasons you had the start last year where you you lost a pit before. Winning nine straight games after that pit loss, and people were annoyed because of that rivalry that was reborn and you're not supposed to lose that game and all of that stuff, and your first two years uh did your confidence take a hit at all
2: No you know i I think you guys you know a lot of people forget you know i i, I my first job was at Vanderbilt, and they had had one winning season in thirty years before I showed up. They had gone two in ten, two years in a row before I showed up. It was a tough situation you know, in a fairly good conference, the SEC. And, you know, we walked in there and, and we were able to win nine games our last two years in a row there and, and get that thing turned around. And then, you know, people forget. We walked into a pretty tough situation here with the sanctions and the lack of scholarships and all those types of things. So um I felt like we had a really good plan and we had a really good model. And we just needed time to work the model. But I think that's also why – you know, when I got the job, I signed a six-year, me, I signed a six-year contract because everybody said, look, you know, this, you got work to do. This is going to take some time. So I never felt like that. You know, I think fans and media were talking about those things, but I never really felt that way. Um, I saw the progress we were making. You know, it needed to transform into wins on the field. I get that. But I, I never really kind of felt that way. I felt like we were heading in the right direction. I think if you list out, all the all the challenges that we had here to put them on paper, all the sanctions, the lack of scholarships, sixty million dollar fine, all those types of things, you know, it 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 it's fairly um, it's fairly amazing that that you know we we had twelve straight winning seasons. we I think we're only only like five programs in the country that have never had a losing season over the last twelve years, and that's with the challenges that we had. So I would make the argument our our best two years coaching were the first two years, one were seven and six.
1: Coach, when you don't get what you want, you get experience. You didn't get a victory in that just epic Rose Bowl. Uh, What did you learn from that defeat to USC?
2: Well, I I learned this. I went all over the country, you know, speaking to booster groups and doing media events, and everybody I saw kept coming up to me saying, Coach, that was the best Rose Bowl game I've ever seen Hmm. in my life. I said, it wasn't that darn good. It could have been better. you know. But, you know, I I do think the way that game ended, you know, showed the country – that, that you know Penn State is now back part of the national conversation and we can we can play with anybody, you know, um and, and I think our players tasted enough of that success that they want more of it, but the you know the season ended on a negative note and and you know they wanna they wanna, you know, make sure that the season ends differently this year. And, and let's be honest, you know, in college football there's only one team at the end of the season that's happy. That that's happy and that's the national championship. So you know, For us, um, you know, we've had a great offseason, and I do think you know, the Big Ten championship and our success last year and then having the opportunity to go play in the Rose Bowl was, was great, but you know, I, I think our guys want more.
1: All right, now for Penn State to be already all the way back, I need for them to get Alabama back on the schedule because I grew up watching Alabama, Penn State, and Penn State and Pitt, so you got Pitt. Can we get Alabama back on the schedule?
2: But I think what will happen is if we'll, we'll win enough games, we'll eventually have those teams, um, you know, we'll play one of those teams. Now, whether it's necessarily on the schedule or not, you know, I, I don't know. But I think if we win enough games, we'll play the type of people that you want us to play. How about that?
1: <laughs> no, no, I'm just talking from a nostalgic standpoint. That was always great, each and every year watching Bama and Penn State take on each, each, each other. Each and every year. Each, each year, every year, man. They played Alabama. You don't remember yeah, you those? You might want to go check your history, brother. <laughs> Back they, they used to play them growing up. When I was growing up, they were playing them all the time, it seemed I, like.
2: I'd be interested. Po- post it on your website, post it on Twitter. Go back and check this. And let, let's see. He said Alabama and Penn State played every year. P- please go back and check that. Let's. I, I, <laughs> I want to see how. No, let's
3: not. That is. Let's not. Brian's 103 years old, James. So, <laughs> got to remember what he remembers growing up may be different than you. <laughs> hey, coach, thanks for the time thanks, this morning. Coach. Congratulations again on your contract extension. Best of luck in 2017.
2: Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great day. You got it. You too.
3: <laughs> Penn State head football coach James Franklin on Geo and Joe.
1: Yeah, no surprise that uh, he has that thing heading in the right direction and a ton of of uh, doubters after that Pittsburgh lost a season ago. I think they lost 3 out of out of 4 after the the opening win and then wow, nice run. Knocking off Ohio State, got everyone healthy and they're back on the national scene, baby.
3: A smooth transition into a sports update with Andrew Bogish. Hello Bogish. Hey Greg. Hey, hey Brian. Hey. So after
0: a quick breather, the NBA retook control of the summer headlines last night Kyrie Irving Dealt to Boston for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Craner, anti Zizich, and the <laughs> Nets' first rounder next summer. It's not Ante. I don't know. It's a lot, <laughs> but Kyrie is worth it, says Celtic president Danny Ainge.
3: Acquiring a 25-year-old um, perennial All-Star,
2: um, a player that you know fits a, a timeline for us and is a, is a fantastic offensive player, one of the best offensive players in the league. You have to pay a heavy price.
0: And now in hopes he can pay Irving long-term. Kyrie can out that of his current contract in two years. Irving and Thomas are the fifth and sixth All-Stars to change teams this summer. That is a record. Andrew Wiggins has fired agent Bill Duffy with a five-year, $148 million extension with the T-Wolves on the table Union rules would get Duffy his commission if and when Wiggins signs that deal. Le'Veon Bell was expected to rejoin the Steelers sometime after their third preseason game, which is Saturday, based on Bell's Twitter. He'll be back next Friday. Bell responding with 9 one when someone asked him when he'd report to the team, then wrote, you're welcome, when told that was great news. Bell is staying away after receiving the franchise tag. Chicago Cub Ben Zobrist spent Monday's off day in Nashville then had rental car issues driving to Cincinnati for last night's game. He was scratched from the starting lineup, so all he could do was pinch hit.
2: Zobrist cracks one in the air, right center field and deep. Back goes Hamilton. Hits over his head. It short hops the wall. One run is in. Baez around third. He scores. Two run double, Ben Zobrist. Cubs lead 8-6.
0: That's Pat Hughes on Cubs Radio. Chicago scored 10 unanswered runs to beat the Reds 13-9 to reach a season-high 10 games over five hundred. John Jones tested positive for a banned substance before UFC 214 last month. Dana White would not confirm reports it was steroids. Jones could lose the title he won from Daniel Cormier, and he has already served a one-year PED ban. And Demi Lovato chose to sing the national anthem Saturday night at... Thomas and Mack? Nope. When Mayweather and McGregor meet.
1: <laughs> Thomas and Mack? What's <laughs> wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> Thomas and Mack?
3: Mm-hmm. There's a
1: lot wrong with What's Bryman. wrong with Thomas and Mack? Center. It's... Is it still there? Thomas you know and Mack? I went to some fights there. Yeah.
3: No? Mikey B tried to help you out with the Penn State Alabama thing. He Boy, looked it up furiously. What did you find? How many times did they play when I was a top? They played each other from 1981 to 1990 every year, uh, 75 and 1979 as well. Thank you. And 1959, which I think was Send that to coach.
1: Send that to coach. So Thank they you. played, what, that, nine straight years there? I mean, yeah. Thank you. Wow. Mm-hmm. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I'm the radio host, damn it. Send go. that to coach right now. Get it. Get it. Get him on the line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Put it on website. How about we gonna put it on your desk? <laughs> don't you challenge me, coach? Is you James go Franklin coach them football player? Let me handle history. Is James Franklin on your ish list now? No, he's one of my favorites. Yeah, but he, he was just a, just called you. Out that's you all right. right. I can handle that. I can be the you bigger man. A big dummy. Yeah, yeah but yeah. who was right? He said you he called. I don't see you on the phone in there, man. <laughs> Call coach back. Tell him he was wrong. Don't
3: do you question have his? Me. Do you have his number? I do. Well, Brian, but what why don't the you, hell are you on? Well, why don't you? call If I him? was
1: wrong, you'd be. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. He said if he was wrong, you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> why don't you call him? Yeah, yeah. Tough guy. Why don't <laughs> Ryan, you call why him, Mikey B <laughs> have to
1: call him. Hey, go. Uh, I was just talking to your ad, and you were wrong. They play it every year. You know what you do,
3: Mike, is you take that, what <laughs> Brian just said, and then play it over the phone to James Franklin, and it's perfect. Hey, coach, it's me. Hey, Ice Cube, it's Pete. I going to say, <laughs> was say Ice,
1: Pete have Pete text him.
3: Ice Cube, it's Pete. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And mm, They used to play at Legion Field. You know, I didn't go to Tuscaloosa. I hope that he looks that up. I don't know mm-hmm. if he was traveling or he was in the car or what, but yep. I hope he looks that up yep. whenever he gets yeah. closest to a computer. He has access to his phone because then you know he's gonna mm-hmm. feel he's gonna feel like I'm a dummy. Yeah, I mean, he, so- he was challenging. Yeah, you. so you better check, check your history. history. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I check my history.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> It's amazing yeah. with those glasses. You now know things. That <laughs> looks smart, though. I mean, he little young. You know, he's just
1: forty-five.
3: Well, he's you were man. definitely a little bit. You weren't as confident. You can go back out and be like, no, 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 coach. I know what we're talking about. It seemed like you had a hey, little listen, bit just of
1: just stay, stay with your initial. You had a little talk. bit of a confidence no, 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 breakdown there. No 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 no, 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 no,
3: no. You did. I, 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 no, nope. everybody heard it. Nope. Yeah. Hey, shut up You dude. could have said I know my history I, I said that No you didn't and You and could have so put on your tough
0: guy voice You've been using since he hung up
3: <laughs> <laughs> Right Since you found out you were right <laughs> Before <laughs> you didn't know yeah. and Coach little, I think I'm right yeah. I, think I, I think I am yeah, uh, No me problem coach. James <laughs> Hey yeah. coach I love you Okay I just bought a Nittany Lion <laughs> as a pet <laughs> What's your favorite book coach? Yeah ma <laughs> Yeah what can I read When I'm on vacation <laughs>
1: and then all of a sudden what yeah (laughs) what james Uh franklin what i don't give a damn got the wrong history (laughs) you've been bamboozled you've been ran amok don't come to my community geo and jones on cbs sports radio
0: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
3: Get his thoughts on the Kyrie Irving trade to the Boston Celtics where Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and that Brooklyn unprotected first round pick come back in the deal. And also uh, Ante Jesus (laughs) is also a part of that deal. It was a seven foot Croatian. You better respect I will when he does something. When he does something, I'll respect it. Until then, it's just a lot of letters that are out of place. Uh, So, Isaiah Thomas is another example of how you need to always go back and clean out that Twitter history if you become famous. Oh. And back on May thirteenth, 2010, Isaiah Thomas tweeted out. He was 21 years old. He was at the University of Washington. So, you remember, he wasn't in the NBA yet. Mm-hmm. He was a young kid. He just could drink legally. He said, ha-ha, all you LeBron fans. That's the difference between Kobe and LeBron. Kobe wouldn't let anybody punk him like LBJ let Boston do. Mm. He's out. And, of course, that's when he was out of the postseason at the hands of the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. And then the... Tear off of the jersey, and then there he goes to Miami. Wow,
1: so, little whippersnapper, talking smack.
3: You're not even in the NBA yet, really? Yeah. yeah. What's up with that? What's wrong with you,
1: man? Who's been getting smacked by LBJ since he's been in the NBA, though?
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, and Kyrie Irving too. If you will get their numbers head to head, Kyrie has a, yeah. a distinct advantage. But huh. the Cavs are just—they were better than so the Celtics last year.
1: When you walk into that, and I'm, there's been interaction, of course, since. Isaiah Thomas has been in the league, but when you walk down that Cavaliers locker room, if you
3: are to stay there, uh, what do you say? LeBron's a conscious guy. He is sensitive at times to things. Uh, he is outspoken, but I don't think that he's going to care about this. <laughs> I really don't think that he's going to think that that's a big deal. I think he has enough common sense to believe that uh, this was not this is the way he felt then and, and not so much now, and they're going to work together and everything's going to be okay between the two of them. Um, As we've been talking about for most of the morning, uh, this is a deal that does definitely benefit both teams, and I really do applaud the Cavaliers' side of this. I I knew that the Boston Celtics eventually were going to take those assets and turn it into something. Uh, They allowed the Paul George train to leave. They allowed the Jimmy Butler train to leave, and they jumped on the Kyrie Irving train when it was available because Danny Ainge believed that that was – the best player out of the three, or maybe he thought that the future, uh, he knew that Kyrie Irving would be able to sign him to an extension. I'm not sure what, uh, but Kyrie Irving was the guy that they decided to go out and get. I did mention now I heard Brian Scalabrini talk about this, and the reason why I value his opinion so much is because he knows Danny Ainge very well, and he said that the reason why this Kyrie deal was a lot more appealing to him than the Paul George deal was because In the Paul George deal, Jalen Brown was going to the Pacers Mm -hmm. and Danny Ainge, even though we haven't seen much from Jalen Brown yet, but Danny Ainge is in love with Jalen Brown and he believes he's going to be a superstar and he does not want to trade away Jalen Brown, especially to another Eastern Conference team and watch him blossom into the player he expects him to be.
1: Right. Remember, he was first round pick and people were scratching hey, head. Why would you go and draft this guy number one out of Cal? And he really availed himself nicely last year during the playoffs. And I I, I like the move. And I think this definitely, if they're not favorites in the East, they're right there, 1A, 1B with the Cleveland Cavaliers, having won the East a a season ago. Uh, So this is a a great move by Boston. You had a lot of assets you could move, including draft picks. and, and, And so you get a guy who's a bona fide star, uh, Uncle Drew in the NBA, who you don't lose in, anything in the way of someone who can get other people involved and someone who can also individually take over a game. So I think it's a it's a brilliant move considering everything you had
3: uh, to offer uh, in exchange for Irving. Yeah, and this is going to be so interesting. I mean, this NBA season, you can't tell me that the regular season is going to be boring this year because I know that we'll look at the Cavaliers still – and the Celtics, those two teams in the Eastern Conference and wonder which one of those two will come out of it and, and go to the finals, would be one of the two? You know, you'll look at the Golden State Warriors as a heavy favorite and then some of the other teams falling in place after that, like the San Antonio Spurs, mm-hmm. the Houston Rockets potentially. Um, you know, So you have those. The Oklahoma City Thunder now with Paul George and, and Russell Westbrook. But even though you know the best teams, but think about the storylines, right? How they're going to play out in the regular. And right off the bat, yeah, in the beginning of the NBA season is like, whatever. We're in football season. Wake me up at Christmas Day when you have these, like the Cavs and the Warriors play, and you know, I'll get into it then. And I'll get into it after the football season ends but right off the bat you got Cavs and Celtics in Cleveland I mean I don't know if you can get more entertaining to start a season than that
1: nefarious going on here I think the NBA once again stepped in like they did when Chris Paul wanted to go to the Lakers I think they stepped in the engineers and steered this thing at Cavs only team you can trade Kyrie to is the is the Boston Celtics and that's what happened oh man come on giving Colby Altman too much credit Stop it. Giving Danny Ainge too much credit. Stop. NBA
3: was behind this. Kyrie Irving I cannot picture in a Celtics uniform well, right you now. you better get ready. I know. I need to see him in the Celtics uniform. You know, I've had a tough time. And Isaiah Thomas in the Cavs uniform, maybe a little bit easier. Is number two available? What was What was
1: Tiny Archibald? Was he uh, two? What was Tiny Boston, Archibald? don't they? They have all those retired numbers like oh, the, know. the Yankees, don't they? Archibald two or something like that? Or who's the other one? Not not was it um who's the other guard? Dang. I'm trying I'm going way back in history. Yeah, I'm I'm going too far back. He was seven. Tiny um, Archibald. Two, seven, same thing. Crooked number. Right?
3: Why why is this picture? When you when you Google Tiny Archibald, you get some this guy. That's not him. <laughs> That's not him. Uh, no. <laughs> why is that? Uh yeah, he was so you don't have to worry about that. All right, that. I don't have to worry about it.
1: Okay, so now you can picture him in some Kelly Green. Mm. No?
3: Red Arrowback. they retired number two four. That's what ah. PDB's telling me. All right. So tough. There you go. Maybe You going to bring it
1: out of retirement?
3: <laughs> Probably not if it's retired for Red Auerbach. <laughs> I didn't think so. I mean, <laughs> think about that. I, I mean, that would not be the way to go. I mean, that, that'd be that'd be a rough one if mm. if you ask me. Mm-hmm. Um, this I found really interesting. So Andrew Wiggins, yes. who had just had this uh, max deal negotiated with the uh, Timberwolves, and apparently he had to meet with the owner Glenn Taylor to get that deal done, right? Yeah, which I think is mm-hmm. is not a crazy thing, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, the owners are involved yeah. these days, and it's a lot of money, and well, he's paying them. See where your head is, son. S- are you committed? Five year, hundred and forty eight million dollar contract. So he fired his agent, Andrew Wiggins, after the agent negotiated this deal. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how that's going to work. Well, Bill Duffy is a
1: longtime agent in 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 the league, and for you know over a couple of decades now. Uh, so he's been at this a while, and there are some protections in place for the agent. You've you've entered into a deal. You've negotiated the deal. And now you and your client have decided to separate. Uh, Bill Duffy, he will be protected in this. He's getting his commission. He will be protected, yes. Uh, and, and because he's the one that engineered and negotiated this deal. And, and I believe Wiggins has yet to sign it. So the league now will step in and they will make sure the interest of the agent is protected and, of course, the player.
3: Well, yeah, it says... Um, unfortunately, tampering is a common problem in our industry, and that's part of the reason why I've already been in contact with the NBPA to discuss my rights in this matter. Obviously, whenever Andrew signs the max extension that we negotiated with Minnesota, mm-hmm. we will work with the NBPA to make sure that our interests are protected. Yep. Uh, translation: I'm going to get my money, get my cut, <laughs> even yeah. though this guy fired me before he signed the contract. <laughs> and I wonder if wi- if Wiggins did that thinking that he wouldn't have to pay the agent, then that I've lost total respect for him. If he actually thought that he had like a thing in his head, like, you know, what I'll do is I'll use this guy to negotiate the contract and then I'll fire him before I sign it. So then I don't have to give him his commission. If he ended up doing that and and you got a you got a five year, $140 million contract. Are you really that upset with the job that the agent was doing? Right. You got the max deal. Yeah. You got as much as you could get, and
1: he's the first of his rookie class to get the max deal, I believe. So I don't understand what the problem was. Maybe they fell uh, uh, out of favor after the deal was consummated. That's obvious, and and now he's thinking he can stick it to his agent? You can't. The agent's no. going to get his piece,
3: man. Right, and he should. Yes. I mean, that's – that's You do to- the work, you should be paid. That's that's totally unfair right. if, if, if he does not. What's wrong with you? Yeah. The, the Timberwolves are that team that's really – I know that there was a splash with Jimmy Butler, but, mm-hmm. I mean, there's been a lot that's happened since then. I feel like they're flying under the radar here. You think about the Warriors, you think about the Rockets, you think about the Spurs, yep. think about the Thunder even. And then there's Minnesota quietly laying in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Coming up next, we go out to Cleveland to get reaction of this Kyrie Irving deal. Andy Baskin of 92.3 The Fan in Cleveland joins us next. G. Owen Jones, keep it right here, CBS Sports Radio.